generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back, you were listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's podcast, one of the many. Hopefully you tuned in yesterday, we were talking about what I like to read, the books that I've read and things that have really helped me. The second part to the person's question that asked me about those things was, who do I listen to and where do I get my information from? So I thought I'd just go through some of the ones that I'm always going back to because I like to go quite wide and far to get information and to listen to different people. Sometimes I'll find myself going down like a little bit of a, a rabbit hole as such with a specific person until I feel like I really grasp their concept and then I might kind of outgrow it or it might not give me as much as it used to and I'll go back and I'll check in on their journey. That's the cool thing about people who kind of blog and vlog and, and educate online. Often you can go back and you can go and get the updated thoughts and things like that. An example for me for that sort of thing would be Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, when I was first getting into business, I guess, and like quitting my job, one of my mates said to me, oh, you really remind me of Gary V," And I was like, what the fuck is that? And looked him up, and I've been keeping an eye on him for a long time. And if you do know what he's about, then you'll, um, you know, you, you might see some themes in, t- in the types of things that I do. And I have learned a lot from him especially when growing up, boys get paid and even some of the principles for Keep the Change and growing out Next Advisory and really just giving out a lot of value and helping people and waiting for it to come back around. Now, uh, is that the only way to do things? Of course not. And, you know, I see some people following his stuff that I think, shit, you know, I hope you can wait the five years that it's going to take you for this to kind of turn into something because it's a real slow burn with some of his principles. But he's a bloke that really knows what's kind of happening out there because he's dealing with so many people and I guess there's another answer to the things that I like to learn about and listen to and the people that I like to study is I like to find people that are out there doing shit and that are talking to a number of people because they're going to have a real good feeling on the pulse for what's happening and not to get political but this is kind of where you hear people say oh politicians you know they're stuck in Wellington they don't really realize what's actually happening out there in the real world because they just live in their political bubble But the same could be said about everything, right? No matter what industry you're in, accountants aren't going to really get electricians. Uh, Doctors aren't going to get what builders are going through. Builders aren't going to get what dentists are going through. And it just goes on and on and on because we do sort of group ourselves together with people that are similar to us. 
And that's where I think we need to sort of try and understand what other people are thinking. The beauty about my role now as a chartered accountant is that I get to see so many different businesses and different people in different mindsets. And when you do more of that, it's quite evident to see the people who are going to do really well and why they're doing really well in some industries. And you'll see um, a client who is just kicking ass in an industry, but then a client who might not be. And the things that they've got to go through to kind of break the back to become more successful than they think is possible, it's very, very enlightening. And you can actually get kind of, what's the word, maybe frustrated by it because you can't figure out how to kind of unlock chapters for some of your clients or some people around you and you think if you just realize that you need to stop saying that and stop building that as your story and just step through this door and enter a new chapter and a new world and a new story you're, you're off and gone and we can stop talking about all this shit but it takes people to kind of have that breakthrough or get through that door to actually go off on that journey but that is a an unfair advantage that I have is that I'm talking to so many different people across so many different industries that I can ask and learn from them. Hey, what are you doing? What are you seeing? What are you facing? What are you worried about? Where's the opportunities? Where's the roadblocks? And I can learn a stack load every week. I learn something every single week from our clients and I love that about this role. But you might not be in a role that allows you to do that. But of course, we're in an age where we can go and find information. We just have to know where we're looking. So I'm going to keep some of these things, 80% of them are going to be financial and then 20% sort of some groundwork that you want to do. Now I'll start with a piece of groundwork because I think this is mission critical and a lot of us, who do we learn finances and who do we learn our life lens from? Well, we probably learn it from our parents, don't we? And let's not rip on our parents because they've grown up in a time different to us and they are looking at the world differently, they've had more experience, they've seen more stuff and they've had more time to build their view on the world. However, that doesn't necessarily need to be yours and you might go down a different path or you might see things differently and I would just say, why don't you try to understand where your parents are coming from? I think it's very easy to try and fight your parents' point of view or their opinion or their suggestions and we end up in that combat mode, especially when we're probably a bit less mature. But if we can strip the emotion and just sit back and just ask, like, how come you think like that? Why do you think that is? Um, you know, what, why are you teaching me that? Where do you think that lesson comes from for you? And if you can start to do that with your own parents, then you can start to do that with your friends, other people in the community, other people that you um, end up listening to or engaging with, because everybody's got their CV that's hidden behind them, and it helps them decide how they see the world. And it could be that they've had an experience that's then impacted them, so then they think the rest of the world's like that. And it's really hard for you to understand because you just think, well, what's that all, all about? But if we can try to understand people, then it's sometimes easier for us to have conversations like this, that, like that, sorry, rather than fighting for, here's my opinion, here's why mine's better, here's why, why mine is right. And if you can understand Firstly, your, your parents' lens on the world and how they think and therefore what they might teach you, you can then probably have a better understanding or ability to be able to tell them or explain to them why yours may be different to theirs. As an example, my parents, for instance, really value housing and they've built wealth over time 
through rental properties and things like that. They uh, value the ability to have a home and not be kicked out by a landlord. So their lens on the world is the sooner you can get on the property ladder, the better. And that is probably traditional Kiwi education. The faster you're in a home, the easier your life's going to be. You're into the system. You can borrow money against your house with the leverage of it. You don't have to pay tax on that money that you're borrowing. You slowly pay it down and you can have a good life in New Zealand. Your landlord's not going to kick you out. Why wouldn't you do it? You're just foolish if you're not doing that. Why are you paying rent? That's somebody else's mortgage. You're just paying for them. That's silly. That's a waste of money. And that's cool. Like I can understand that. And that is what so many of us get taught. But I've then chosen to go down a different path and those lessons aren't as applicable to me as they once were, those lessons would probably be going to be great if I went down the same career-type path of what they've done and having a job right through to retirement and those types of things. And so I completely get it. And I don't get offended by the suggestion of that. I'm just going down a different path and I have to try and explain to them and also show them as I go, hey, you don't have to worry about me. I've got this under control. Well, at least I think I do. And I know that if I fuck it up, you'll probably let me come back and uh, live here or, or seek some shelter here until I go again, as they've done previously when I went to start my business, for instance, and couldn't afford to pay rent, and they took me in. So very, very lucky. But they can't see what you can see, right? And this might be different about you maybe wanting to quit your job or change roles or maybe go from a higher income to a lower income or not buy the extra bedroom or whatever it is. But you want to try and understand where your parents are coming from so that they can understand from you where you're coming from and you can share both of your lenses on the world rather than just, no, I'm right, you're wrong because that's where we start to see family feuds and all these different types of things. So, you know, try and have some understanding of how your parents see the world and how they think. Firstly, because it'll help you to try and figure out other people as well. So uh, I'm by no means an expert at that, and uh, I'd imagine my dad, he could be listening to this. Sorry, mate, I'm still not buying that property, but uh, I love you, and trust me, you know, one day I'll have one, and it might just be uh, a bit beyond what uh, the, the the first home entry buyer would be buying, because that's not my goal. My goal is a lot bigger than that, and I've got to figure out how I can achieve that. So that's why I'm here on a Sunday doing work whilst probably a lot of people are resting and relaxing. So I'm on a different path, right? And I've got to try and continue to educate my parents around that too and be transparent about some of the things that I'm achieving. And then they can have a bit more sense of like, okay, Luke's all good. Because our parents worry about us, right? And they care about us and they want the best for us. And when they see us not making the decisions they think we should make, they're like, fuck, seriously? Like, how did I raise this thing? This monster? What, what are they doing to me? They're keeping me awake at night because they're not doing the things I know they should be doing. And that's where a lot of that conflict and stuff comes from, right? So I think maybe if you you find yourself like fighting with your parents and different people, like fuck fighting, it's just a waste of time, it's a waste of energy. It's very hard to convince people, like think, you know, your parents, whatever age they are, they have got decades of that same thought process because 90% of their thoughts will be the same ones from yesterday. And they've gone through life longer than you and I. So they're going to be more embedded in what they think is right and what they think is wrong. So... You know, don't try and just convince them and do it really quickly. That shit's going to take a long time to kind of change, right? So just prove to them somehow or keep transparent around the fact that you're okay and that um, you appreciate their guidance, but 
here's the path that you're going on and what you're trying to achieve and and to to the fact that you want support rather than um, you know combat someone going against you. Right, we've touched on parents and our clients as well. Again, I said at the start, like very lucky, some very successful and some not so successful, so I can learn from both sides of that. So that's who I tend to listen to and I watch the same thing and I try to apply the same principle. I'm like, where is your thinking coming from for this? Why is your industry so hard? What is it that's making it hard? 90% of the time, it's the story someone's telling themselves or the fact they're not willing to do the things they know they need to do um, or they are just focusing all of the energy in the wrong area. Give a very simple example. I might have a client who would ring. We were talking about this in the office last week. I might have a client ring for, in my old job, where we were billing time and because most accountants, right, so how the accounting industry works is that if you ring your accountant or your lawyer, bing, they start the old timer, ding, 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 and every second you speak to them, you're running up a bill. And eventually they will, and they'll write that in their timesheet that they keep every six minutes. End of the month, they might go through and be like, oh, we spoke to client X for uh, 63 minutes this month. I'm going to send them an invoice for all of that time. And they'll be charging you between 350 to 150 to oh, 550 bucks an hour depending on how important they are and how big of a piece of calculator they're swinging, so to speak, and how awesome their grey suit is and how flash the brand is on the massive um, building that they are paying for. And people have traditionally paid that, and then eventually they just win, like, oh, this, they charge me so much. We, we don't do that. We have a set retainer for all of our clients. Now, what that means is that we become wired or geared to be more efficient. So if a client wants to ring and complain to me for 30 minutes... It's a massive waste of my time, and I'm not going to recover that time back. It's gone out of my life, not really getting paid for it, and it's taking time out of their day, and it's time that they could be spent working on their business. So the old Luke in my old role, I would sit there and be like, oh, yeah, that sucks, and like, oh, tell me more about that, and you flesh the convo out, and you're like, righto, guys, just made the firm 300 bucks for that 40 minutes I was on the phone. Happy days. Drain the shit out of me. Hate my job. Hate my grey suit. Want to jump out that window, but I'm not going to do it because... uh you know, I need to keep this job, and then the phone rings in that 40 minutes too, and you've got to ring the next client and have more punishing conversations. Last week, client, same situation, I'm just like, yep, is what it is. Like, we've talked about this before, you know what the answers are, eh? Yep, cool. Let them talk, don't respond. Convo done, three minutes, let's roll. They can get back to their working on their business, I can get back to working on growth, and we're better off. Some people would say, oh, that's horrific service, that's so, that's so bad, you should have talked to them about it. But what's the point? Because this person already knew all of the answers, but they're not ready to take the action. There's no point me pandering to them and enabling them to be like, oh, it must be so hard and you, know, you don't need to take any action and let's have this call again in a month's time because we've had it six times before, let's, let's do it again next month so you can just you know, feel like it's definitely not you that's... Um, struggling to break through this, that everyone in your industry is feeling the exact same way and no progress gets gets made. So, you know, I'm not, that's a, that's a, an example of it, but I'm not saying that's how I treat all clients. There's definitely sometimes where things are really hard for clients and we work through those and we have massive conversations and we always come back to, okay, what can we get back in control of? What can we grow? How can we think about growth rather than let's just talk for an hour on the phone about how much business sucks and this industry sucks and all these things are going against us. We're not going to solve any of these things having these conversations. So uh, clients are doing well, clients are doing poorly. I like to learn from all of them and 
try and figure out where I can actually add value and where I'm just being a shoulder to cry on that's actually not going to help them because I don't want to I don't want to live a life where I'm not helping people we try and find clients that we know will take action and that are going to grow through things and they're actually going to go away they're going to address for instance some of their health issues their mental health issues gaps in their business gaps in their mindset gaps in their team gaps in their training all those things we want people that are going to try and fix them and build them because that's how we build a better economy I don't know if I can sit on the phone for the rest of my career and be like oh that sucks man I can't believe that and talk about it for a minute and hour after hour and then send out these invoices and be like, oh, well, at least I'm getting rich because, you know, um, I'm basically just like a financial counsellor for your business. No, like we want to build some shit and we want people to achieve stuff. So that's a little bit about my uh, my insight from some of the people that I get to learn from as well. Now, the other theme I have written down here is watch what people do, not what they say. This is a goodie. I think Gary Vee talks about this a lot and people will say thing one thing and then they will do the other so keep an eye on that, and if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm fucking like massive into crypto, eh? and like Bitcoin, 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 and you're like, oh yeah, cool, like far out, this person must be like real invested, and you're like, hey, how much, um, you know, how much have you brought of it? Oh, oh like, I actually haven't brought any yet, I'm, I'm going to, and you're like, well, really? Like, why am I learning from this person then? They haven't actually put any skin in the game. It's easy to talk about things, it's very hard to do things, so I really like to keep an eye on what people are actually doing, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it right, but it means that at least they have made some form of investment into it. And you need to kind of weed out the talkers in your life slowly over time. And I've been guilty of being the talker a number of times too, where I'm like talking a big game about things I'm going to do and then haven't done them. So I had to kind of turn my character into someone that would actually fucking do shit that I said that I was going to do. And I would suggest that if you want to improve the quality of your life and your output and achievements, then start doing more than talking. Into some people that I like to listen to. Ray Dalio. I've mentioned this bloke a number of times before. Runs a massive hedge fund across the world. Very, very smart guy. Sometimes I listen to his stuff and I'm just like, oh, seriously, I need to go back to the start because this guy's just blowing my brain because I didn't come from a massive financial background or study finance at uni. I studied accounting and a number of these things are very deep economic and financial principles and they're just way beyond me and there's terminology and stuff that I don't understand, but it just means that I'm further behind other people, and I've got to try and understand these things if I care about them. So Ray Dalio, look him up. He's an encyclopedia of knowledge. He's got two books, and he's studied history. I hate studying history. So these are very good for me because they basically condense history into a couple of books where I can basically learn a lot of the economic-type shit that I probably need to know that are going to set me up for the rest of my life, and... It's going to basically help me avoid having to go and study history and learn it all and and spend hours and hours doing it because he's done it for me. So that's a good hack. Now, Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff is a bloke who's got a YouTube channel. Schiff is spelled S-C-H-I-F-F. And he's massive on gold and how important gold is. And he's an amazing economist, would be my opinion, and from what I've grasped, and he has podcasts like every couple of days. I watch it on YouTube. I have YouTube premiums so that I can learn from people. Often I would listen in the gym, but I've kind of been that now because I found it too distracting and my workouts weren't that intense because I wasn't like in the moment. I'm just like thinking or learning and it was making me kind of like laggy and lethargic or um, kind of trying to learn or be educated when I should be training. But anyway, that's probably a topic for another day. But Massive on gold, and his son's massive on Bitcoin and always kind of like trolls him online and stuff like that. And all the Bitcoin guys love talking to him because they think that Bitcoin's a better investment than gold. 
So he's always arguing with him. And that means that you kind of get both sides of those two things. An old asset, gold, and then the new asset, Bitcoin. And he's just campaigning for how Bitcoin is just an absolute valueless joke and everyone should be buying gold. But you can learn so much about the economy through Peter Schiff. So check him out, Peter Schiff, S-C-H-I-F-F. We've gone through Ray Dalio. Mohammed Al Arian. So Mohammed Al Arian, E-L hyphen E-R-I-A-N, I think, is the spelling. Now, I think he is the like chief economist for uh, Allianz, and he's often on American news channels and things like that, and he is a wealth of knowledge as well. The whole way through the pandemic and um, the next couple of years, like, so many of the things that he said were right. He's an Egyptian-American economist and businessman. He's president of Queen's College, Cambridge, and chief economic advisor at Allianz, the corporate parent of PIMCO, where he was CEO and co-chief investment officer. This bloke knows his shit and seriously knows it. I stumbled across him, and um, like he's one of those people now that I think people say, oh, if you could have a dinner with five people, who would be there? I'd love this dude to be, to be there. If I was like going to be in parliament, for instance, I'd probably be trying to get advice from this bloke. The problem is that um, a lot of people are they're American, right? So a lot of this content is American because we've got a pretty Western country in New Zealand and so a lot of the things or things that influence us are American-based. And their economy is so much bigger than ours, but you can just learn things about the economy and what's happening in different countries. There's another bloke called Patrick Bet David, and this is not as financial, but he does have financial advice slash stories and opinions throughout his podcast as well. He's got a, a podcast called Valuetainment and it interviews very interesting people. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast. Very smart guy, uh, very strong principle-based type person and there is content there for, for everyone and about every kind of topic. And yeah, I, I can tell that he's on a journey. He's, he's playing a real long game of what he's doing content-wise and that excites me because I know he's not just trying to like get famous and get subscribers real quickly and all this shit. He's just pumping out value and continuing to do it year after year after year and it's bloody phenomenal to see. He's got different books, business related, just personal related as well. So Patrick Bet David Valuetainment, check that out. We spoke about Grant Cardone in the books that I've read of his. He's not everyone's cup of tea and you might not be a fan of him. He's that real big American personality. Not everyone likes that, so that's all good. But um, I've shared a couple of his videos. I've learned a lot around uh, financial kind of principles from him too because he's come from a life of starting from absolute scratch. And I always feel like with him, he's got uh, he's like just so hungry and so jacked up and so energetic every day and he's really tidied his life up. Ex-drug addict, um, at rock bottom, nearly, nearly died sort of thing and is now a, I'd say he's a billionaire. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons to learn from that kind of person and... It doesn't hurt, I think, to hear a bit of story from someone like that to go, you know what, yesterday I was complaining about fucking, you know, not getting uh, the right milk in my coffee or whatever, like, holy shit, um, what am I up to? Or oh, my parents weren't as rich as the neighbours when we were growing up. And it just kind of shows you that all that stuff doesn't matter because there's people out there that can achieve these things. So we just have to go and find them. Gary V. Vaynerchuk touched on that. Um, again, big personality and started from kind of nothing, helped grow his parents' 
wine business and now has gone out on his own and is building a massive business and ultimate goal is to buy the New York Jets. Very, very customer focused, gets customer attention, gets attention and uh, I owe some of my success to Gary because some of the things that I have done have sort of been inspired by things he's been talking about and they've worked for me and I got to thank him in person when I went to a uh, a conference where he spoke at and got a quick photo with him, which was uh, pretty cool. And a little fanboy moment there. Now, Tony Robbins is also someone that I like to go back and check out every now and then. I'm not a huge Tony Robbins type person, but I think everyone kind of knows who he, who he is. Uh, I like some of the older guys like Jim Rohn, who you might want to check out, and Bob Proctor, who we had uh, playing the intro to the part two, New Financial Year, New You podcast the other day. You might want to check out those two people, and uh, I guess that's what I would say too, people, people in general, like I'm really inquisitive of people, their upbringings, their their belief systems, why they think the way they think, and I think I told you the other day about how I went on a, a podcast, no, not a podcast, a Zoom call with someone who wanted a hand from me regarding some accounting stuff, and they said they're from Samoa, and I kind of knew, well, fuck, I don't, I don't live in Samoa, I'm not going to, I don't understand how accounting works over there but it really intrigued me so I thought well why don't I jump on a call for 15 to 30 minutes and just actually kind of understand how it works over there in Samoa from accounting so I could get like really inquisitive and I just like well like what do you want from your life and she basically said like well you know like kids and and a house and stuff and find the right person and, and you know the sooner the better and you know it's just intriguing for me to see what other people want from their lives and I'm naturally quite um inquisitive and have learned to ask the questions why, and why can be a negative question as well, just on that, if you just ask someone why all the time, a lot of people negative, well sorry, will um, lean towards being negative, because they're defensive, because they're like, well you're questioning me, you're saying, so you're saying like, oh hey, I think it's really important to listen to this podcast, why? Because usually when we ask the word why, like often we can have a negative tone to it too, so people are like, well fuck, I've got to defend why I said this, so one thing I learned uh, is to try not to say why too many times to clients because it will get them on a defensive and a kind of negative tone rather than say, so if they said to me, I think it'd be really important for you to listen to this podcast, I'd be like, oh, what did you find important about it? Or what did you get out of it? What did you learn when listening to that podcast? Is often a way better question like, why? Why should I listen to it? And then people are like, fuck, now I have to defend what I said. So just a, a thing to keep an eye out for when you are asking the question why, but I think the theme of why, of trying to like understand people's thinking and decision making is really smart as well and that just I think is a good way to, to live and be very inquisitive. A couple of other people that will say, I'll do it this way, we'll say like Bitcoin for instance, when I first started le- learning about Bitcoin, I had no idea about it and I had a couple of mates who had sort of been involved and then um, I, so I started like YouTubing it and trying to figure out what was going on that's, I think, how an algorithm then starts to take a hold of you and it'll show you the same types of people if you keep listening to stuff. But I will go and try and find topic experts about specific subjects. And whilst trying to understand Bitcoin, I've found Willie Wu, who's actually a Kiwi guy who lives in the States. You want to look him up on Twitter if you've got Twitter. Anthony Pom- Pompiliano, I think his name is. Um, and he's got a, a podcast as well, and I think they call it like the best podcast in the world. So you know, all these people seem to have podcasts these days and then record them and chuck them up on YouTube as well because then they're collecting, if they build up a big enough subscriber base, they're collecting some revenue from that. So smart, fair enough, makes it sustainable. 
good on them. They're getting rewarded for the content they're producing. But again, they they interview some really smart people. So Anthony Pompeliano, shit, man, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I don't know how to pronounce that. But I'm sure you'll be able to find uh, the Pomps podcast. And I think he does it with his brothers. He's often got some really uh, interesting people on there. But I guess the theme there is if there's a topic you want to learn about, go and try and find experts of that topic. And don't just accept them to be experts. Again, go back to what sort of skin have they got in the game? How long have they been involved in this? And listen with an open mind and see, you know, how um, genuine they sound. And don't just accept that if they've got a video on the internet that it's probably smart. And, you, you know, the same way you wouldn't listen to Keep the Change and be like, oh, Luke knows everything about property investing. I mean, I'm very quick to tell people when they ask me questions. I'm like, fuck, I don't know anything about that because I don't want people to see me like that. Um, but there's people who are very specialist at different things. So leverage off the fact that they've done heaps of research and they've got some skin in the game and they've got experience and they've done those things. But also, go and challenge yourself. So Peter Schiff, for instance, he's a challenger towards Willy Woo, Anthony, the Pomp Man, and they have very polar opposite opinions of different types of assets. And I think that's a great place to be. I learnt during one of the lockdowns, I did an online course, and what it helped me see is that we are now living in a world where everybody, you almost like have to take sides with everything. So you have to be like a massive fan of Jacinda or you've got to hate her almost. And it's like, when do we start using that language? And people can no longer like sit in the middle and they'll say like, oh, when I see her, my skin starts to crawl. And you're like, you fucking serious? Like, is that, like, have you not got enough shit going on in your life that that's what you, how your physical, emotional reaction when you see someone you know that's quite bizarre um maybe you want to like pull yourself out of some political chats and stuff if that's where you get into but a lot of people can't do that because they're so like wound up in that in it but it's just this course that I did was like showing us that if you can't get yourself back to kind of like not the middle you don't have to just sit in the middle but sit up top and look down it's like you're going in a plane or in a helicopter and you get to actually look down and see the world from a different lens and you're kind of like wow you know, what's going on over there? And, oh, well, I wonder why they're doing that instead of being like, yes, like we have to save the planet or something. And if we don't cancel all of these things, then, you know, we're, we're done. And every, every farm in New Zealand should be shut down or something. It's like those, like, great ideas. But, hey, like, do you have to be so one-sided or take, like, a massive side? And, and is that actually doing anything good for you? Do you find that you just end up basically having arguments with other people who are at the other end of that side and, um, it was a really, really helpful course for me. It was part of a course. I'm not going to mention what the course was because it was just basically one module of this course, but I really took a lot of notes through that and was like, man, I can see this and I can see it playing out. And, and the other thing that you keep an eye out for is as a, and I think I've taught you about this before, but two words like as a, and you can always see people's identity revealed or their standpoint on social media where they will say, well, as a farmer of the land for 30 years, and you're like, well, here we go. Here's 30 years of their lens, isn't it? And people are like, oh, as a recent vegan who has got everything that's now minimalist and blah, 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 and you're like, okay, now you're going to get there, like absolute lens on the world. And you've probably got an as a as well, as a young boy from Danny Burke. And so you start to see or hear your as a's and think like, fuck, I need to rebuild my story, and I don't want to be an as a because that's just one narrow lens on the world that you are developing. So see what your as-a's are. Um, the, the real classic one, for instance, that I often talk about, and you know, I, I 
it's I always feel bad bringing this up because I think like people are like, oh shit, you know, it's, it's such a sensitive thing to talk about. But but as a female in business, and I'm like to my clients, where the fuck did that come from? What are you talking about? What do you mean as a female in business? Like, oh, but Luke, you know, it's and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you want to come talk to my some of my clients who are as a or who used to be an as a female in business but don't talk like that anymore? They absolutely kick fucking ass and don't care that they're a female in business. Do you want to talk to them maybe because you'd be able to relate, relate to them better than I? And um, it's possible to remove your as a's and stop using those as your limitation to your success that you want. And you know we've all got them and they're all different. So keep an eye out for what your as a's are. Right. That brings me on to the news. Oh, gosh. I know that some people and journalists listen to this, okay? So I don't want to offend you, and I know how important you think the news is and all those types of things, and yes, it has its place, but just listen to this with an open mind. Again, we were just talking about not completely taking sides on things. A lot of people find that the news doesn't help them. So then why do we need to consume or listen to so much of it? So... Instead of going down that rabbit hole of like whether it's right for you, whether it's wrong for you, and blah, 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 you've got to work that out for yourself. But here's a couple of hacks. Maybe don't give your whole hour from 6 p.m. till 7 p.m. listening to the news. That's one twenty-fourth of your day. And if you do that every day, it's a shit ton of time, isn't it? So watch the news on a platform where it doesn't have any ads, and where you can scrub through it. If, you, if you're going to watch the news, or you can watch in 1.5 speed, double speed. Now, I, for instance, keep an eye on the American news because they tell stories differently to how we do in New Zealand, and during the pandemic, they were always sort of six months ahead of what we were going to do here. It allowed me to predict the future of New Zealand and build up my mental strength around what we're about to go through because we're so far behind. An hour news broadcast is actually like 28 minutes when they strip out all the ads and no one, fuck, like the weather, seriously? Like, tell me the weather's important for you. I know there's some people like farmers and flyers and different things, but for 90% of us, it doesn't matter. We're going to go to our jobs. We don't need 10 minutes of the weather. So that's gone. Maybe you're not interested in sport either. I'm not, I don't care about American sports. I'm not going to see any of that. So I'm just getting the bits where I'm like, okay, and I'm like, what's in the headlines? And I'm watching that shit on double speed. So really, an hour, if I want to watch the whole thing, is becoming 14 minutes because I'm watching it on double speed as well. And of, of course, a lot of the, um, the American stuff, I'm like, well, I don't care about that. I don't care, like, this sounds really bad, but I, there's a mass shooting in whatever town, and I'm like, I've got no ties to that. I don't understand it. I do not need to watch that. I do not need to consume that. So then I don't. But I'm like, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine? What are America doing about that? Um, could that have other impacts around the world for finances and things like that? And I'm basically skimming to see is there something I need to learn about I'm not sitting there being like right I've dedicated my 6 till 7 p.m to watch the news because that's what time it's on and that's how it works I know a lot of younger people don't even watch the news anymore but you know find the stories that you think you want to learn about and get through them faster and stay out of the ads and stuff but don't, just don't chew up your time watching shit that you don't really need to do because that was just old sort of methodology of how people would do that and, and it may not be that important for you anymore. Now, interest.co.nz is a great website that I like to read and I left that out of the things that I like to read because I forgot because I was thinking about people and I made a mistake by uh, not putting that in there because it's really it's a really good website and it is um, there's some really smart 
commenters down the bottom under the articles around the economy and around how, around how things work. And so much to the point where I donated some money over summer because I use the website at least once a week, probably two or three times, and learn so much from it. And I'm like, man, this is free. And these people, are, I don't know how, how they're making a living through contributions and stuff, much probably like Keep the Change, but I'm obviously not doing this full time. And I'm like, okay, there's an area where if I want support, well, then I've got to be willing to support people in my life too. So I donated a little bit of cash to them in the summer because I actually get a lot out of it. And as we talked about earlier in one of the podcasts, everyone just thinks that media just happens for free these days, but uh, ultimately it doesn't. Someone's got to write their stories and do this research for us and help us learn. So interest.co.nz is a great website if you want to read more about the economy and stay away from kind of like all the bullshit and the the um, the yucky comments and stuff like that. LinkedIn as well, there's some good stuff on there. And... Um, that's I guess going back to like reading as well but that's getting kind of like political and stuff like that too which gets a bit boring but it obviously plays a big part of our lives too but we want to be learning things that are going to help us make decisions rather than reading for the sake of reading about who hates the current government and who's going to hate the next one and all of these kind of things and these policies that people are putting in and then why they're shit and it's just like yeah righto like what's value is that going to add to my life righto that has been what slash who do I listen to I think there's some good stuff there uh, and I've tried to keep it narrow so that you can go and find some of those people as well. But for you, you know, it might be a different area that you want to learn about. It might not even be about finance, for instance. You might decide, like my example the other day was that, you know, say I decide I want to get really good at darts. The first thing I would do is go on YouTube and be like how to get better at darts and literally just start there. And I know that eventually the internet and algorithms would start bringing me more content to improve my dart game I'd probably go and read um, the a book from one of the best dart players in the world. They must have one. One of them must have a podcast or a YouTube channel, and I'd be doing tutorials and things. So it's all out there for us if we want that stuff these days. The problem is that a lot of people just like to ask for the answer and think it's going to be real simple. They don't want to do the work or take the action. Taking action is where the magic happens. So if you're going to consume heaps of content, then make sure you're doing something with it on the other side of that as well. I hope that has been helpful for you. I um, I'll let you know if there's anyone that I kind of add to as time goes by, but there's some good ones for you to maybe check out there and do some learning. I'd love to hear who you like to tune into or uh, listen to or have watched and who has changed your life. Drop me a message on Instagram or lukekeepthechange.co.nz. Go well out there. Talk to you soon. <laughs>